a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is the extended version of Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a Monday. Hope you are off to a great one, and especially those of you who have uh, kids back in school today. Most of Utah will be back in school by the middle of the week, and we're going to break down some of those uh, critical things of easing your way back into that schedule and homework and deadlines and stressors and parties and all all of the other things that happen uh, that can stress out our students uh, and how to best cope with that. More importantly, how do we really create resilient students is, is the real test and the real message. So we'll continue to break that down uh, as we go through the day today. We'll uh, share part of my interview with Jenny Howe at 1.50 and uh, break that down just a little bit deeper there. Uh, also, I want to know what's going on in your world today. Send us a text, Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500 and 57500, Utah Community Credit Union text line, only when it's safe because safety first. We'll share your thoughts as we go through the afternoon as well. Again, just as a reminder, if you're just joining us at the top of the hour, 105, uh, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox will join us. Uh, talk about some of the things he's trying to do a little different from a campaign standpoint. Uh, Senator Mitt Romney will join us at 1.20 to talk about the future of conservatism, speech he gave this morning. We'll also have Luz Escamilla, who's uh, part of a two-woman race for the Salt Lake mayor's job in November. We'll get her perspective on the campaign, where that heads as we cruise into the fall, and much, much more. So stay with us here on KSL News Radio throughout the afternoon. We'll be with you all the way till 3 o'clock today when we'll turn the microphone over to the great Jeff Kaplan, who will get you home safe and smart. So stay with us. You've got a full afternoon right here on KSL News Radio. And just a reminder if you do miss a segment, uh, we have just such great guests with such great insight. Uh, if you miss a segment, you can always go to the KSL News Radio app or you can go to KSL.com and go to the podcast page and uh, listen to it. Some, some things are better the second time around. So give it a good listen there, especially as we come up with some of these tips and strategies uh, for helping your students. Uh, so just some wonderful things you want to listen to as parents, but things you'll also want your kids to listen to as they try to develop some of those resiliency skills. All right, we're going to break down for the next few minutes here, uh, 2020, what's happening there. We'll start on the uh, Democratic side of the House uh, because they are, of course, uh, in a 20. I guess we've uh, I guess we're down to 23 now. 23 candidates are still left in the race. I think that'll be whittled down a little bit more as we move through September to be sure. Uh, We know that we've got uh, debates coming up in the middle of September. Uh, Those will be in Texas. Uh, But there's also a debate coming up uh, on CNN uh, that will be centered in uh, the climate discussion, a climate crisis, as they've dubbed it. And uh, eight out of the nine. So nine 
candidates have qualified for the debate, again, which is in Texas, uh, 13th and 14th. Uh, but there's also this climate conversation, which will be September 4th. And all of the nine uh, will be uh, attending and participating in that, with the exception of Kamala Harris uh, from California, uh, who is not going to join the CNN uh, event on September 4th uh, due to a scheduling conflict. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. And and this is the this is the point in the game where decisions get really interesting for campaigns uh, because you have to decide do do you participate in everything are you are you racing around to all the wrong places but you you feel busy so you're hoping that busy equals productive it's not always the case and so I think that's a a really interesting decision uh, by the Harris campaign I don't know what her previously scheduled thing was. Uh, or is, uh, but she is going to skip that uh, that conversation. So, again, always interesting choices to be made on the campaign trail, what you do, what you don't do. Uh, also interesting to note, uh, Joe Biden is skipping a really significant meeting of the Democratic National Committee, which is in San Francisco, and 13 of the candidates are going to be there uh, for a conversation and uh, the Biden campaign is bypassing really the biggest party meeting uh, in San Francisco. And uh, again, it, it will be just fascinating to see what happens uh, in that conversation. Uh, party officials have said that 13 candidates have confirmed that they will attend. They're most of the ones that you would expect. Uh, but uh, former Vice President Joe Biden is taking a pass on that one and not sure why California is an interesting uh, state of play. And it makes you wonder if the uh, former vice president is going to say, you know what, I'm just going to concede California uh, to uh, Kamala Harris, thinking that she's got the home field advantage there in California. I'm not so sure that's the case. Uh, but it is important to note that California has moved up on the primary ballot. And so it is a little more significant. It used to be that California was always at the end. Um, and I think they did that for the reason that they didn't want to force Democratic candidates to spend a lot of money in really expensive television and uh, radio markets. And so I think that was part of the the reason for keeping California back. California wants to be more relevant, more important. So they've moved up on the schedule, which I think for someone like Senator Harris gives her a really interesting play. Because if she were to go in and really dominate California, she would have enough delegates to be a significant player all the way to the end, regardless of what happens in Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. So so that's going to be an interesting play. Uh, I think if Senator Harris does not do well in California, then she'll be done. Uh, there's just no way around it. If she can't win big in her home state, then she's really going to struggle elsewhere. So I think that will be part of the test and, and challenge for her. Uh, also interesting, relating to California, uh, this flips over to the Republican side now. And a, a really interesting read today on The Hill. Uh, this was uh, written uh, by someone who used to be the GOP party chair in California, Ron Nering. And uh, so he was the chairman of the California Republican Party uh, back during the uh, – Let's see, up until 2016, he was also part of the Ted Cruz campaign at one point. Uh, but he makes a really interesting thing. He talks about three issues that the Republicans really need to focus on uh, if they're going to get traction, if they're going to not only hold on to the White House, 
and the Senate, but uh, possibly even make some gains back, uh, claw back some seats in the House. And so he lays out three things. Uh, and and I love this part, though. He At first, he cautions, he cautions Republicans to avoid the shiny objects. Uh, he says that the personalities that are fun to talk about but will not matter in the end are things like or people like uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Omar, uh, a lot of the conspiracy theories around the Clintons, Robert Mueller, James Comey, Assange, Roger Stone. Uh, those are all interesting things to talk about. Those are interesting things that I'm certain Republicans in many areas will tweet about and talk about and raise money off of. Uh, but he's saying, don't be distracted by the shiny objects. He said there's three things that uh, Republicans need to focus on if they want to retain the White House, retain the Senate, and and claw back some seats in the House. He says, first, Republicans have not won a presidential election in difficult economic times in 40 years, uh, which is true. Uh, and even think back, I think probably the most famous one, of course, was uh, George H.W. Bush uh, being defeated by Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton's infamous line. It's the economy, stupid. Uh, same thing happened with uh, John McCain when he was the nominee in 2008. So so the economy is going to matter. And so how the Republicans talk about the economy, and I would also add how the Democrats talk about the economy, is, is going to be front and center uh, in the 2020 election. Because the economy obviously has dipped a little bit. You've got a few people panicking, saying, uh-oh, the recession's on its way. I'm not quite so sure. I'm not quite convinced that's the case. But I, one thing I do know is if you talk about a recession long enough, you'll find yourself in a recession. Because recession has as much to do with mental attitude and, and outlook, outlook of small businesses, entrepreneurs, uh, individual citizens making buying decisions. Are they going to keep spending? Are they going to take that trip? Are they going to invest in that car uh, or a new home? Or are they going to retreat, pull back? Uh, that's that's going to be a big impact. So that's uh, one of the things that he said they've, they've got to uh, focus on. Uh, Republicans are also losing support in a big way in suburbia. Uh, rural uh, America is saying, wait a minute, we feel like we're getting left behind again. The suburbs, you know, outside of Atlanta and Cleveland and Phoenix and Philadelphia, those places uh, that are all going to matter in the electoral math uh, when it comes uh, to electing the president. Uh, all of those need some some time, some attention and a message that rings true, that's forward moving, that's talking about them and what they can actually do. And then the final point um, that I thought was interesting, he says Republicans need to look at California in a different way. He says California is the canary in the coal mine, not the outlier. And uh, I know a lot of times California, everyone has just kind of uh, said it's gone. It's gone to the left and it's never coming back. And uh, it's just interesting. It's not that long ago. You know, you think when uh, Ronald Reagan was in office and uh, what the percentage of the state looked like, how it was shaping up. And so the analysis on that is is real interesting. So Ron Nering, again, really fascinating uh, conversation there uh, on the Hill uh, on their pages today. Uh, some interesting things for Republicans to think about. We've obviously been focusing a lot on the Democrats because they're really jockeying for position and who best can take on President Trump. I think there's some important messages in there for Republicans 
in terms of what they're talking about, how they're talking about it, and what comes next. All right, we're going to step aside. Stay with us. When we come back, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox will join us. This is Boyd Matheson on the extended version of Inside Sources. I am the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.